Hello, everyone, and welcome to Staking Rewards Staking Mondays series. The Staking Mondays series is designed to share specific knowledge from the staking industry leaders within our community. We want to learn more about the passive income opportunities that exist and how these ecosystems interact with one another to achieve a greater mass adoption. And for you guys that don't know, Staking Rewards is the leading data provider for staking and crypto growth tools. We are currently tracking 218 yield-bearing assets and growing, and the average reward rate, 14.95%. We're also tracking over 11,000 qualified providers. So head on over to stakingrewards.com to find more information on those projects. My name is Ken Garofalo, and welcome, guys. I'm the Research Analyst and Listing Manager here at Staking Rewards, and we have a wonderful guest here with us today for the first ever episode, Tor Bear, the founder of the Secret Network Foundation. So how are you doing today, Tor, and welcome to the show. I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me on. Very honored to be the first guest. Uh, I'll try to do a good job. Yeah, absolutely. We're just uh, thrilled to have you here. And so the Secret Network is a blockchain protocol that enables decentralized applications to perform encrypted computations. So secret contracts can take encrypted inputs and produce encrypted outputs without exposing any data while it is in use. And the Secret Network Foundation, which you're the founder of, is a nonprofit foundation for privacy as a public good to serve the secret network ecosystem and beyond. And just to, to get us into a little bit about the current events happening within the secret network, uh, website is scrt.network. Tor, you want to just give us a little bit of uh, updates on what's going on, maybe some announcements on recent bridges that you guys have uh, linked up with other blockchains? Yeah, so secret network is uh delegated proof of stake network. It's based on Cosmos SDK. Uh, a lot of great staking opportunities in the Cosmos universe. Um, and we love bridging uh, because our, our role and, and the vision of a lot of the Cosmos ecosystem is interoperability between uh, a global network of blockchains, each with specific purposes. Our purpose is privacy, data privacy for applications. Uh, but we love bridging to other networks and sharing that vision and value of programmable privacy. Uh, so our latest bridge was to another Cosmos chain, which is Terra, the Terra ecosystem, uh, massive and growing, lots of adoption on UST uh, and their stablecoin, but also with uh, a lot of their protocols, such as Mirror Protocol, Anchor Protocol, there's a lot of interest in, in how they're growing their DeFi ecosystem. And they see a strong interest in how Secret Network can provide privacy and programmable privacy to a lot of these applications and assets. Our teams have been working very closely. Uh, we're both, uh, as I said, Cosmos chains, but we also use Cosmosm-based smart contracts. Uh, so there's a lot of technical overlap. They, they've been a joy to work with. We're really interested in seeing how this collaboration is going to unlock yield opportunities across both ecosystems. Of course, you can stake Luna, you can stake Secret. Uh, so I, I would definitely encourage anybody listening to check out the bridge and check out both ecosystems. We also recently launched a bridge to Binance Smart Chain. So you can bring any BSC asset that we support into the Secret Network ecosystem, use it privately within our ecosystem, within Secret DeFi. We've had an Ethereum bridge since December. 
where you can bring in ETH assets, all the major ETH assets over into the ecosystem, use those privately. Uh, we have Secret Swap, which is an AMM. You can trade all these things against each other. There's tons of apps in development, but yeah, I, I could go on. I'm sure we'll get into some of it. It's just very mm -hmm. exciting. And the more bridges we can build, the more assets we can support, the better privacy protections, the better yield opportunities, the better staking opportunities we can create for users. Uh, and that's our vision for the DeFi ecosystem, that cross-chain privacy and liquidity. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing, uh, you know, great work for the, the entire industry here in regards to privacy. And that's what I really want to focus this next set of questions on, uh, since you are the privacy expert. So can you just tell us generally, you know, how important is privacy for blockchain networks? Yeah, I, I consider it critical. I also consider myself reasonably biased, but I, I think that I have been working on the problem long enough with everybody else in our ecosystem. Again, like I, I'm not like the only, nor am I the best privacy expert in the secret network ecosystem. It is an ecosystem of privacy experts, and they've all identified the same root issue in the blockchain ecosystem, which is that blockchains are public by default. To date, every blockchain has that by design, and it's a design choice of blockchains to be fully transparent, fully auditable. What it means, though, is that it comes with some very serious technical trade-offs, the biggest being that you can't make things private after the fact. It really only works in one direction. I say it every podcast, I say it every presentation, but public by default means public always. Private by default means it can still be public when and how you choose, with whom. You, you have control over how data is used and shared as an individual, as a developer, as an application. Public by default just means you've eliminated choice on part of the users and on part of the developers. And for some things, that kind of universal transparency can be a public good. But if it's your only option, then what you're doing is really limiting the types of applications that can be built. So by adding this programmable privacy, that's how we call it, right? The ability to pick and choose the elements of an application that are public or private under what circumstances, that's programmable privacy. You could equally call it programmable transparency. But because we're providing that, we're unlocking 100x more use cases for Web3 applications. It's, it's as simple as that. We consider privacy a human right. We consider it a public good. But beyond all of that, it's really just you know a massive technical barrier for building applications that are usable, that are secure, and that cover meaningful applications that go beyond just simple speculation. You see it in DeFi. You see it in NFTs. Basically, any Web3 vertical that's gotten any traction, we think that programmable privacy is the key to unlocking that 100x growth in application types and of course like many orders of magnitude past that in terms of end user adoption but we also acknowledge you know it's early stages we're the only private by default blockchain that's currently been deployed to mainnet and we have been since we launched uh private smart contracts on mainnet last september so nearly a year now uh with with this functionality live on mainnet and we're only starting to scratch the surface of, of what we're going to make possible but we do know that it's been impossible before uh, and, and we're really excited to see what gets made possible now. Yeah, great, great answer there. And uh, you kind of already touched on this, but uh, maybe just reiterate for maybe a developer that's considering building on Secret Network, and uh, you could just reiterate the difference between programmable and transactional privacy, just from a high level. Yeah, it's an extremely important distinction when it comes to just thinking through privacy in blockchain. Because right now, when you hear privacy in blockchain, what you're probably hearing is a Monero or a Zcash where it's just, I have value. I want to transfer this value somewhere else. I don't want somebody to see exactly how much value was transferred. I don't want them to see where it was transferred to or from. And that's that's valuable, 
but it's very narrow. If you think of a transaction as being the most narrow and trivial form of a computation, just saying it goes from A to B. That evolution from Bitcoin, a public ledger for value, to Ethereum, this programmable ledger uh, of smart contracts that dictate how value should be transferred and under what conditions, that was a huge evolution. Uh, and I don't mean evolution in the sense that like now Bitcoin will go extinct. I just mean as a technical evolution, it was an extremely valuable evolution that's now unlocked thousands of different use cases. So similarly, programmable privacy is an evolution to the, the, programmable, the programmability that Ethereum introduced. But now we're saying not only is that do you have programmable value transfer, you have programmable data privacy and access control for these same applications. The other evolutionary stream that was going on from Bitcoin to Ethereum was Bitcoin to Monero and Zcash, where it was saying we're just adding privacy to transactions. You know, Bitcoin being completely public ledger of transactions, pseudonymous, but just pseudonymous, like it's still a public ledger of transactions. Monero, Zcash, Shielded transactions try to do some work to obscure information about these transactions. If you combine these two evolutionary streams, that's when you're getting secret network is you're taking that privacy guarantees of a Monero and you're adding the programmability of an Ethereum and you get programmable privacy with secret network. But it's really a combination of both of those visions. And that combination is substantially more powerful than just transactional privacy alone or just programmable pro programmable smart contracts alone. It's, it's nice to see uh, people starting to embrace that vision because I think to date, it just wasn't tangible enough for people to understand that there could be something beyond transactional privacy. Now that we've built it, it's easier to see like what is going to come next and what's going to come next is secret network. Yeah, it's just it's truly incredible the amount of possible use cases that can come out of this new technology that's that you've developed here. Um, but as you've been developing this new technology, what are the biggest challenges you think that are facing privacy preserving technologies in blockchain? I think the biggest challenges facing privacy preserving technologies, specifically in the Web3 blockchain world, a lot of it has to do with awareness and education. Because when you're swimming in the water of Ethereum, you don't really know that you're wet. You just know that this is Web3. And what Ethereum is everybody's gateway into Web3. And if it's not Ethereum, it's another public by default blockchain, like a Solana or like a NIR, any of these other L1s. Um, and they're all public by default. So the notion of a private by default blockchain is very foreign, not to the legacy web two world where we take for granted that we have data privacy for our applications. In fact, you can be sued out of existence if you don't have data privacy for your customers and for your consumers. So it's just foreign to web three because it's not what we had initially. It was not what blockchains initially enabled. We had to innovate, we had to build to get to the point where we introduced this level of programmability for privacy. Now that it's here, the burden is really on us as the first ones to implement this technology to educate developers, to educate end users about now what's going to be possible and why it's closer to the original vision of Web3 of global empowerment and, and control of data and control of applications and unstoppability. All of that is inextricably linked with privacy and data privacy specifically. And people, when they get hands on with it, when they come to understand it, like we have a ton of evangelists because they've grown to embrace that truth. They, they've used the applications. They understand what this means. But for people who have never touched the applications, for people who have, this is a foreign concept, we have a ton of work to do. 
on the education side. The other challenge is there are just technical issues that happen when you are private by default. We have a lot of complexity in our network around things like viewing keys that add flexibility, but also add friction to the user experience. So we have to do a lot of UX work to make sure that people know how to use the application securely and safely. We want to abstract away the things that should be abstracted. And we want to put front and center the things that provide the most value to end users. But that's something that every application ecosystem uh, developer in Secret Network has to embrace. You know, we are a very decentralized ecosystem. There's multiple development teams that build the products, that build the protocol, that build the bridges. We all have to be aligned on that vision of how do we make this simple for users and accessible without reducing any of the privacy guarantees that we're trying to make with the network while increasing security for users and increasing usability for the applications. These are all very challenging trade-offs. And to do this at the same time as doing it in a decentralized fashion is, is a huge challenge, but it's one that we're embracing because of the value we know it's going to eventually provide to the entire Web3 space. Yeah, definitely a big challenge ahead, uh, especially on the educational front, right? And we at Staking Rewards hope that we can bear some of that burden of trying to educate the public uh, through the secret network profile, the asset profile on Staking Rewards. We all, always like to produce uh, education, educational content and have that live in the bottom of those profiles. So if you guys are on stakingrewards.com, go on over to the secret network asset page and see if you can learn a little bit more. Um, but it definitely seems like you're taking advantage of the network effect within your community and having a lot of contributors, uh, you know, test the UI or, or make technical upgrades where, where mm -hmm. it be. Um, so maybe some examples of what can be built on the secret network that cannot be built on other blockchains. Yeah, there's, there's two main verticals in Web3 right now. There's DeFi and there's NFTs. And depending on who you ask, it's really just the same vertical which is this idea of programmable assets that sit on top of a native chain. So the most powerful primitive in our network is this concept of a secret token. And a secret token is like an ERC-20 on Ethereum, except on secret network, secret tokens are private by default. Interactions with the contract can only be viewed by the interactor with that contract via a viewing key. You can decrypt the nature of your own interaction with a smart contract. It sounds like a simple primitive, but what it unlocks, the design space for things like secret tokens is absolutely massive. So in the DeFi world, you have things like Secret Swap, which is the first AMM that launched in our ecosystem. And on Secret Swap, you have a way to exchange any privacy preserving token for any other privacy preserving token. And the pools themselves, your interactions with those pools are encrypted, whether you're adding liquidity or making a trade, wh whatever you're doing. Um, this is super powerful. By creating a multi-chain privacy hub, we're also creating a multi-chain liquidity hub. And we believe that by bridging to as many networks as possible and providing these global, uh, these global liquidity pools, these are also global anonymity pools. And the larger these pools, not only is that better for liquidity purposes, it's also better for privacy purposes. Uh, you know, the simplest example being like, if, if you have two apples that you put into a pool, and you know that each person contributed one apple, you don't really gain any privacy when the apples come out. But if you have 10 million apples and people are putting in one to 10 apples at a time, now you actually have some privacy guarantees. And again, privacy guarantees are good. These are privacy guarantees that in the Web2 world, everybody has and everybody wants. We want the guarantee that our, that our social security numbers won't leak, that our bank account statements won't be public, that our credit card statements won't be posted on our front door. 
privacy guarantees are good. We just don't have them in the blockchain space because there wasn't the technology to support it. We're not here saying like, oh, this is like everything was perfect in blockchain before. Now these guys are coming to introduce something that could change the way everything's being done. It's like, yeah, we are trying to change the way everything's being done to make it better for end users, to give them the same protections they want in the Web 2 world and bring those protections to the Web 3 world. So that's on the DeFi side. But the same secret token primitive is also extendable to the NFT universe. And there I actually think it's a hundred, maybe a thousand times more powerful because NFTs I think have unbelievably flexible use cases. Uh, like DeFi focuses mostly on fungible tokens. So pools of tokens that are all supposed to be equally exchangeable with each other, fractionalizable, whatever else. NFTs are supposed to say, this represents a single identifiable asset or it's a pointer to a specific product. And that's cool. Um, and they sell for millions of dollars when they represent digital art. Maybe someday they'll represent real estate or, or deeds on chain. But the reason they can't is because of a lack of privacy, because there you need critical elements like private ownership or what we consider to be the biggest innovation of secret NFTs, the fact that you can have both private and public metadata. So you can have an NFT on Secret Network. By the way, these are already on mainnet, so I'm not just talking speculatively. It's just that this is less tangible for people who have only used DeFi. You can have NFTs that have private metadata fields that are only viewable by the owner of the NFT. And they can also have public metadata fields that are viewable by anybody in the network that are designed to be auditable. And now you have these very complex assets that are also composable with other assets on the network that could be used as collateral within secret DeFi applications that could be traded for each other that could be sold in a secret auction with privacy preserving bids the design space just gets expanded so much when you just introduce these very simple but extremely powerful primitives and if you're listening to this and you're thinking i just had a great idea because i didn't even know that you could do this i didn't know a blockchain could do that then you should come build on secret network get a grant to build. We, we have a number of different grant programs. We have a number of different funding mechanisms in the ecosystem. Uh, there's a million ways to get involved. And all we want is to see the secret sandbox expand, to see people build cool stuff they can't build anywhere else. And at Secret Foundation and the rest of the ecosystem, we're, we're ready to stand by and support you towards whatever privacy-centric vision you want to build for the Web3 space. Yeah, that's super exciting news. And give us another plug for the website people should go to start applying for those grants. <laughs> yeah, come to scrt.network. That's the what we consider the main website for Secret Network. If you go to scrt.network slash blog, you'll see a lot of our old blog posts and a lot of our current blog posts. You can look for the one about our grant program, which will tell you how you can apply, how you can get considered. I think we've had around 10 to 12 grants submitted. I think we've had probably around two thirds of those actually get funded. Secret NFTs were actually built via a grant in our ecosystem. So these things do get funded, they do get built, they do provide tremendous value to the network. Uh, so I would encourage anybody interested in building to do that. If you're interested in staking, I imagine you might be because you're listening to this. Uh, definitely get into our ecosystem, come to chat.scrt.network. That's our Discord. We can help handhold you, get started delegating to a node. If you're interested in running your own node, we can help you do that too. Um, but there's a million ways to get involved in the ecosystem as a staker, as a developer, as a builder, as a community member, as a marketer, as an entrepreneur, anything you want to do is possible. You just have to become a part of the community, or as we call it, you have to become a secret agent. I hope that sounds cool to you because it does to me. So come hang out. We're, we're more than happy 
even though we're a privacy-centric community, we're very happy to publicly help you out and, and get you onboarded with any portion of the network. Yeah, very cool there. I hope people listening will go check that out. And getting back on the subject of staking. So what are the different opportunities for passive income staking, earning rewards in the secret network ecosystem that currently exists right now? The biggest ones, so staking, we are, as I said, a delegated proof of stake network. So if you hold secret, the native coin, you can delegate to one of 50 active mainnet nodes in our ecosystem. Uh, by delegating your secret, you're entitled to a share of the block rewards that are collected by that validator from being active in the network. Right now, ROI is pretty substantial. It's around 25% APY, uh, which is really good, I would say. Even as Cosmos chains go, a lot, a lot of others are lower. The reason for that is because uh, we have around a 50% bonded rate in the network. We have around a 15% inflation rate currently, which decreases as more secret gets bonded in the network. So it's an incredible opportunity in the short term right now for anybody just looking to have secret be bought into the long-term vision and you know help support the network through staking while earning a passive income. That's exactly the intention uh, of having a DPoS network. You can also participate in governance of the network as a delegator. We've had around 40 proposals submitted, uh, a good number of which have passed these fund all sorts of things within the network and public goods such as Wallets or block explorers have all been funded by on-chain proposals. Uh, it also controls network parameters, signaling proposals, anything like that. So you're very much an active stakeholder of the network as a delegator. It, it goes well beyond passive income. Outside of just staking, though, you can certainly, I said, be a node operator. That's a bit more complex, but we're always happy to talk to potential node operators in the network. It's a massive opportunity. Um, and then the other big one is within Secret DeFi. Tons of staking opportunities, LPing opportunities within Secret DeFi, uh, especially on Secret Swap. Currently, you can be a liquidity provider. You can be earning uh, double and triple digit APYs uh, just for providing double sided liquidity to some of these major pools like Secret Against ETH, Secret Against CeFi, CeFi being the native governance token of Secret Swap. Um, more pools every day, for example, you can now be earning as a liquidity provider by providing ETH from Ethereum against ETH from Binance Smart Chain in a secret swap pool. So that's a relatively impermanent loss protected pool because it's just ETH against ETH for two assets that really should trade one to one, but you're still earning as a liquidity provider. And then as a trader, you can come into the network with your ETH from Ethereum. You can trade it for ETH on Binance Smart Chain and bridge it back to Binance Smart Chain. And you've gotten the privacy protections of secret network while transferring from one chain to the other. Meanwhile, you can still be an LP for that pool and also be earning as an LP while you're taking advantage uh, of the liquidity that's in the pool and earning a percentage of the fees from that pool. And the more that pool gets used, obviously, the more fees you could be earning. Um, and the more that pool gets used, the more privacy guarantees are being given. So it's, it's a very reflexive, privacy-preserving, multi-chain liquidity ecosystem that provides a ton of yield opportunities for anybody who's motivated to check it out. Um, and we're only going to be expanding our bridges. We're only going to be adding more asset support. We're only going to be thinking of more ways to work with uh, other other chains and other applications in other ecosystems to provide even more opportunities. Um, but it, at the very least, if you're listening to this, get some secret, stake it. You won't regret it. It's an amazing ecosystem to start being a part of, and, and you will have direct ownership and direct impact on the ecosystem as a staker participating in governance. Yeah, absolutely. And can't, can't stress that enough, right? Don't just sit on your assets, actually participate in the network by staking, helping secure the network, 
uh, you know, get, in, get involved with Secret Swap, get involved with uh, the CFI token and provide liquidity, start taking advantage of the fees that these LPs earn and uh, even, you know, do some yield farming with that LP token as well. Try to try to chase that yield, as we like to say here. Um, so we did have an opportunity for the community to ask some questions uh, for all you guys watching. You're going to get familiar with the structure of the show here. So we will put out a tweet leading up to the episode for this week. And we're going to ask uh, questions from the community and we're going to actually give our own loyalty token called the hearts token as a reward to the best question asked by the community and the winner for this community question is actually uh this is going to be the user at dan au 2021 so congratulations dan you have won 50 hearts token that'll be automatically deposited into your staking rewards account and the question is how private is secret network compared to xmr yeah, so XMR is Monero, uh, for those who are the ticker symbols not as familiar. Yeah, um, as I mentioned at the beginning or, or closer to the beginning, right? Like Monero rely is, is focused a lot on transactional privacy and Secret Network is focused a lot on this idea of programmable privacy and extending what's possible. So comparing Secret Network to Monero is like saying, it is a lot closer to comparing like Bitcoin to Ethereum where you're going to come away understanding like why each is incredibly valuable in its own way. And we do each take different approaches to privacy at a technical level. Uh, but I think where our approaches mostly differ is like, what are we trying to achieve with the network? They're trying to achieve transactional privacy. We're trying to achieve computational privacy. But to give an example of how these two visions can work together, there's currently a team that's building a secret Monero bridge. And the secret Monero bridge is live on testnet. And what you can do with the secret Monero bridge when we deploy it to mainnet is you'll be able to take your XMR, you'll be able to use your XMR to generate SXMR, a secret version of XMR of Monero that lives on secret network and is usable within secret DeFi. You can use it, you can swap it, you can trade it back. And then at the end, you can send secret XMR back to the XMR main chain, back to being regular Monero. And it'll be the only instance where a private by default blockchain like Monero can come have uh, have it be a base asset for a private by default DeFi ecosystem on Secret Network and come back and be a privacy preserving asset again, just privacy in the full loop. When we bridge to Ethereum, you're taking public assets that have to come into a private ecosystem. And while you're on Secret, you have privacy guarantees. But as soon as you leave, you go back to being regular old unshielded regular Ethereum again back on the main chain. Monero is a completely different uh, vision for that. It's that you're going to start private, be private, end private. Monero doesn't like the idea that they would start private, go in a completely unprivate ecosystem like Ethereum, and then somehow try to make its way back to Monero. That just can't work. So we're excited to work with the Monero ecosystem because we think this is such a unique vision for like a full loop of privacy. They think it's a unique opportunity to activate XMR in a DeFi ecosystem that doesn't compromise privacy guarantees. So th there's tons of synergies within the ecosystems. We don't think about it as like competing on privacy guarantees. And we're certainly not a Monero competitor. We want to be a Monero activator in a way where Monero doesn't lose any of its unique properties, but also in a way where we're getting tremendous value in the form of users and TVL into secret network. And eventually this just ends up as yield opportunities, staking opportunities for XMR holders or anybody else in the secret ecosystem. So if you're a Monero holder and you're listening to this, Keep an eye on that Monero bridge. Uh, get involved in the community if you want to see it uh, get to mainnet even faster. 
and then let's see what we can do to uh, create some yield for Monero holders in the secret ecosystem and, and also have some privacy guarantees uh, through its addition. Awesome. So you heard it here first. Uh, Monero Bridge coming up, guys. That's a little nugget dropped on the show here. We appreciate that, Tor. Um, so that's basically it here for the show. We, we really appreciate you uh, coming on here as the first ever guest uh, to Staking Mondays brought to you by Staking Rewards. And of course, you can find Secret Network on Twitter at Secret Network. You can find Tor at Tor Bear. And of course, you can go to scrt.network for more information on the project. And of course, stakingrewards.com. You can find us on all kinds of social media accounts at Staking Rewards. And definitely check out the secret profile on Staking Rewards to learn more about the APY for staking and some educational content on there as well. So this has been uh, you know, a pleasure having you on here, Tor. And again, Staking Mondays is a series designed to bring specific knowledge from staking industry leaders within the community and we want to learn more about the passive income opportunities that exist within these ecosystems and how they interact with another another to achieve greater adoption. Really impressed with the amount of interoperation, interoperability that you are pursuing uh, with all these bridges and uh, excited to see where the project goes from here. Thank you, Ken. I really enjoyed this. Absolutely. Take care, Tor. Until next time.